through. Bingo! You are now listening to the facts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Facts, the sports show that educates and entertains. I am James Jackson, sitting here with my co-host to my right, Jake Galley, and always we got Stat Matt over there crunching numbers. How are we doing today, guys? Doing good. Yeah, doing feeling good. good? Feeling yeah, good today? I feel, feeling a little better. Feeling pretty shitty earlier in the week, but coming oh, around man, now. Why, why was that? Stomach bug. You know how it goes with me. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm surprised you don't have a stomach bug right now. Like, I'm surprised, like, you could literally, like, just there was breathe. Some problem. It was, I was a little problematic earlier in the day. And you had pizza today, so at some point. And later in the day. It's James. I walked a lonely <laughs> road. <laughs> That's right. All right, so let's take a look at this past week in sports. Mexico's all-time leading goal scorer, Chicharito, has signed with the LA Galaxy. So you have Zlatan and, leaving. another one. Yep. Chicharito coming in. That's a pretty good trade-off. I mean, that's Zlatan, David Beckham, David Villa, now Chicharito. Like, legends just, when, when your career... When you think, Los Angeles. When you think your career is done for international soccer, you come to the MLS, you get another five to ten years on your career. Yeah, that's absolutely. What Utah Jazz and guard Royce O'Neal agree on a four-year... $36 million contract extension. It's good for Royce. Yeah. He's a good member of He's their a good, team. good story, too. Right, right. Solid player. Derek Jeter and Larry Walker were inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Jeter infamously one vote short of unanimous, which I'm glad. Look, fuck the Yankees. I, I don't look, care. Uh, fuck the Yankees. Fuck. I hate Derek Jeter as much as the next guy. Matt, I am not getting into this with you right now. Derek, there's no way Derek Jeter is not a unanimous Hall of Famer. There's just no way. If, it, if he wasn't a Yankee, he's the most care. overrated superstar uh, in the history of sports. Jake, please move on. All right. Antonio Brown's agent, Drew Rosenhaus, conditionally terminated his relationship with AB, saying that he will only work with AB if AB seeks counsel, gets help with his mental issues. AB currently under uh, investigation for battery. I would want to comment to him. I got no problem with Drew Rosenhaus yeah. saving, saving himself. No, neither do I. WNBA star Maya Moore announces that she will skip another season to focus on criminal justice reform and help a man that she believes was wrongfully convicted. That's a cool story as well right It there. is awesome. And she's already maybe like the best WNBA player of all time in like five or six seasons. She's got nothing left to prove. So I'm glad that she's focusing on, you know, stuff that she really thinks can make an impact. Mm-hmm. And breaking news as of today, Eli Manning officially announces his retirement um, I'm, it's unfortunate in five years I'm going to have to drive to Canton and boo him at his induction ceremony. Not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's not a Hall of Famer. But. In the arms of the angels. You done? 10-21 career against the Philadelphia Eagles. He is a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. To, I'm really sorry to, you know. Is Jim Plunkett in? Right, no. Whatever. All right, guys, here comes a fact straight at you. Like Andy Reid, Mike McCarthy was a coach that spent 13 years with a team, made one Super Bowl, and is viewed by some as an underachiever. Like Kyle Shanahan, Joe Judge was an assistant coach with a Super Bowl contending team. Will Mike McCarthy or Joe Judge have the success of this year's Super Bowl coaches? I guess we can start with Mike McCarthy, who is taking on, I mean, I believe he is taking on, like, one hell of a scene and one hell of a job there in in Dallas. It's a job that's like it's it's almost you know you're you're facing an uphill battle when you start. You have what could be one of the most talented teams on paper, one of the most constructed teams on paper. You're also dealing with no doubt the hardest boss to work for in the National Football. Well, it's League. not hard if you just are a yes man, which in my opinion is what Mike McCarthy was. was but that's also in to what be. Jason Garrett was, and that job was immensely hard for him. Right. Well. 
I mean, but but he lasted again. He lasted ten years by yeah. doing that. So I don't think Jason Garrett's the best coach in the world. I mean, he's he'll be good as the offensive coordinator role that he's in with the Giants, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But Mike McCarthy is the perfect Jerry Jones head coach. He's going to be solid. He's not going to say no to something that Jerry wants. And he's a complete choker, just like Jason Garrett was. He choked away the 2014 NFC Championship game you, Mike that, McCarthy that's, did. That's the reason why he's a good coach. Yeah, that's what Jerry's <laughs> It was a whole weird stuff. He's like sleeping over with Jerry Jones. They're like cuddling and shit. Like, what the hell's going on? I don't want to know about that. What's going on with that? That's bizarre, but... I don't want to know about that. I don't... Uh, if, you, if, you, if you look at Mike McCarthy, and maybe it's because he had Aaron Rodgers, but in my opinion, if I'm Zeke... I'm seeing Mike McCarthy come in and immediately starting to worry about my workload because yeah, 100%. Mike McCarthy is a passing game guy. And again, it might have been because he had Aaron Rodgers, but he also had guys like Aaron Jones, Eddie Lacy, Ryan Grant for a year. Ryan Grant, who was good uh, for, for a small period of time as well. So that's what I'm looking at. And to me, if you're bringing in Mike McCarthy, it also means that you're re signing Amari Cooper. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and you have to realize what the reason why Mike McCarthy, you know, lost his job with the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers was the first one to say it. The league passed him by. Like, there are some coaches who can get away with staying traditional. I like to run the football and play good defense. There's still a new and modern way to do that. Mike McCarthy was not only unable, he was unwilling to really adapt to what the league was doing nowadays. You have one of the most dynamic and best playmaking quarterbacks, not only in the NFL, in the history of the league, and you refuse to really adapt and, and utilize his skill and really spread At his absolute like peak, too. At his, at his absolute peak. That's absolutely right. So, And you just refuse to really adapt and use it as, as much as possible. And we saw it. I mean, he did underachieve. Like, you have Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, at the height of his career, and you get one Super Bowl out of it. And, you know, not there was really much no else. dominant team in the NFC except a couple years with the Seahawks. Well, yeah. so I'll, I kind of agree, but I'll just play devil's advocate. Then is Sean Payton an underachiever as well? Because he's only made one Super Bowl with Drew Brees, who is his yes, offenses yes. didn't underachieve, but he's bad at hiring defensive coordinators. But that's but his flaw. McCarthy I, didn't get the best out of Rodgers. I, I would say yes, Sean Payton is underachieved. Look at the last three playoff appearances for the Saints. Well, he kind of got it, the Saints fans would argue that they got screwed and that it's not their fault that they lost those games. Yes, they've had yes, something happen had in the bad, last three years. You had a bad missed pass interference call against you, right? Which sent it to overtime. Who got the ball first that overtime? They did. And what happened that very first possession? Yeah, I mean, I, look, 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 look. I, I'm just saying that I think Mike McCarthy. I'm not going to. Maybe you could. Maybe you can label him as an underachiever. But I'm not going to go and call him a bad coach. I'm not going to go say, you know, he's the best coach in the world. But I think he's that middle of the road. Which again. When you look at Jason Garrett, there's nothing that strikes you one way or another about the guy. He's just middle of the road, and that's what Jerry wants. And that's what Jerry went out and got and cuddled with and gave him kisses on the cheek, whatever the hell they were doing yeah, at mean, Jerry's mansion. A, a one, a one thirty-five and eighty-six total record as a head coach in the National Football League, which is not. I mean. That's good. You have a, a good winning percentage. A lot of those come as regular season games, but we know what happens when you get in the playoffs. It's a completely different game. Um, looks like his best year was maybe that 2007 year. We went 13-3, and three, um, finished first in division, but ended up losing in the NFC Championship game to the New York Giants, who had their infamous Super Bowl run. Um, so it's, 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 it's tough to see. Well, I think the book is still very much out on Mike McCarthy and what he's – if he can really steer this ship. 
You know what I mean? It's it's almost like when a new when a new president comes, you know, when a new president comes in and he's promising all these new things. Here's what I'm gonna do to change the country. Here's my reform. Here's my plan. Then he gets to the White House. They shut the doors of the Oval Office and say, "Here, listen, big man. This is really all that you can do." <laughs> once you get in here, I think Mike McCarthy is really quickly gonna find out once he gets into Jerry World. He's gonna be like, "Look, you can only change one thing. <laughs> Use <laughs> it wisely. It. Yeah, pick it, and then everything else is stayed exactly the yeah, same." The Cowboys will have a lot of decisions to make, whether that's him or Jerry Jones with all the impending free agents, obviously the draft coming up as well. But let's stay in the NFC East and let's follow the clapper on to the Giants where they hired Joe Judge, the former wide receivers coach for the New England Patriots. What do you make of that hire? I didn't know who Joe Judge was before they made this Neither hire. did most of the people in the uh, in, in and I look NFL at the, fans. And I look at the Patriots team and if you're going to pluck someone from the Patriots re- regime, going to pluck the wide receiver coach and special teams for the last and, year. okay special teams is a little bit better because they're at least sound on special teams but i mean the wide you're coaching teams, players on both sides of the ball that's, coach that's true right and i think john harbaugh has a history he he started out as a special teams coach like there are some some success stories that lead from people coming out of uh special teams coaching positions but in my opinion like what what has this guy done to earn a head coaching job been a part like, of the Patriots organization. I don't organization. understand. I get that people say Eric Bieniemy. Like he's really who I think should have gotten the job is Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, uh, phenomenal offensive line. He didn't even get a call. Like no one even like asked about him. And you know people. No, they asked about him, but that was just to fulfill the Rooney rule. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. And no people, serious uh, inquiry, I should say. Yeah. People say that he doesn't call plays, but Frank Reich didn't call plays, and he went to Indianapolis. Doug didn't call plays. Doug didn't call plays? He called plays for, like, when Andy said, like, do it for a little bit. The enemy kind of did the same thing. The last two Chiefs coordinators got jobs. That was uh, Peterson and Nagy. Both have had 12 wins. I guess that's a good point. The last guy to come out of the Chiefs, or I guess was Nagy, is technically the last guy to get a head coaching. Nagy's not bad. He went 12-4, and 8-8 with Trubisky as his QB. Well, I think he hates Trubisky. Like, you can tell it in the way that he talks in his press conference, but... I don't know if he's all the way to Bruce Arians' level, where he's openly saying I can whoa, win whoa, whoa, with any whoa, whoa, quarterback. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where did this come from? Well, why, why, how did we get here? Stay off my freaking quarterback, dog. I had to, dog. I had to sneak got, your shot. You in have there. your own problems over there. Like, yeah, my problem is our problems are the Eagles aren't healthy, and that's about the that's the majority of it. But, got, you got more problems than that. But when when I look at New York. I think that they do have potential. Um, I know that looking back, we're going to do a segment called Check Tape. Looking back, you actually thought New York was going to be one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the league. Uh, I, think, I was right. Well, you said the worst team in the league. They don't They don't sniff the Bengals. I mean, what are they, the third worst team in the league? I'm sorry. I missed it by yeah, a couple I'm wins. not going to flame James for that. <laughs> yeah, like, what? A win away. Like, what? They won three games. All right, I'll let you reject that shot. But they do have a lot of promise within their roster. I think that there's a lot that can be done with the offense. They need to boost the offensive line a little bit. But Daniel Jones impressed me. I think for all that we were making fun of him, he wasn't. He, he definitely wasn't the worst rookie quarterback this year. As long as Gattleman's there, they won't succeed, though. I mean, he. We I watched Daniel Jones lead a 28-point comeback against my team in, in the first game that he played. So I, I, I don't have the liberty of saying Daniel Jones is bad. Yeah, and the Gettleman point's a good one because that could also be a reason that some of the senior coaches didn't really want to come in and bow down to a guy who has proven that he is able to wreck that franchise. And his football thinking is like 30 years late. It's yeah. ridiculous. 
Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to see. Now, I don't know how much of the Joe Judge and Jason Garrett hire aided in the Eli Manning retirement that just happened today. Because, I mean, Pat Shermer was the one that's saying Eli's got three more years under his belt. So, I'm not sure if a new regime comes in, sat Eli down and said, hey, listen, big man, you've done a lot for the Giants organization. But, you know, done. It's time for you to go. Past tense, right. It's time for you to go. Yeah, and like I said. It's really going to be a shame. What's even more of a shame than him retiring is me having to boo him at his Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Can you just can you just be a little like you know what I mean? Like yeah, a little bit of I don't want to say class, but I do want to say class. You know what I mean? A, a little bit of you know yeah, humility. In, you want a class? School's in session. Eli Manning's not a Hall of Famer. Have you learned that? Nah, well, he's I, Vinny Testaverde with two accidental Super Bowls. I want to <laughs> let you know that if you're watching him in Canton, guess what? <laughs> that means he's Hall of Famer. I'm, no, I'm prepared for them to do that, but. I don't know. It's probably going to happen. Last thing, before we move on to the next coach, how salty are Cowboys fans going to be if Jason Garrett has more success? I think I think he's going to have I, – I mean, that, that that's tough. Let me reel this back a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants have a successful or a couple successful seasons with Jason Garrett as their offensive coordinator. I just wouldn't be surprised. One, I haven't – I've never really diagnosed Jason Garrett as a play caller. I don't know if he was ever really – in that role, he was the chief play caller till like two years ago. Yeah, he, he's called a lot of plays. And it's time. been Kellen Moore since. It's been then. Kellen yeah. Moore since. Um, so you know, I, I which means he was the primary play caller in that thirteen and three year with Dax was, year, correct? He, yeah, he was a better play caller as a coordinator than a coach. I think the tasks of being a coach overwhelmed him. Bingo! That's that's exactly what I was about to say. Is there comes a lot more when you become a head coach, and and I personally think. Being a head coach is about more than about how you deal with the you know the play on the field, the X's and O's. You got to be able to command a whole locker room as a head coach. The star quarterback and the last person on the bench have to respect you. That's a fifth. That's fifty-three guys that have to roll in your direction. You have to be a really good at motivating someone. You have to really be good at telling someone when they're bad. You have to be really good. At, you know what I mean? There's a whole lot of things that go into being a head coach that sometimes, just like you said, can overwhelm someone who's not ready for that spotlight, especially Dallas. So I, I think Jason Garrett has a chance to step out of that main spotlight, kind of be a supporting cast member, take up, take much more off his plate, and just focus on calling plays. I think yeah, be a good one. agreed. He, and he's, he's got weapons now. Right, he has less responsibility. So that'll be, that'll be good for him. I mean, hopefully not <laughs> turn the Giants around, but mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. A lot of NFC East hires, though. He's not, you know, these two aren't the only ones. One I think that is a solid hire is Juan Rivera going to the Redskins. Like, yeah. can he honestly turn that real shitty franchise around? Well, it's going to be him versus Dan Snyder because... Daniel Snyder will be doing everything in his power to As he does. to As pull he does. it the other Dan way. Dan Snyder kills good coaches. Marty Schottenheimer's two worst years as head coach when he was with the Redskins. Joe Gibbs, when he came back, wasn't anything what he was when he was a Hall of Fame Shanahan. coach. Um, Mike Shanahan won two Super Bowls with Broncos and was good for a while, then went that he kills mm-hmm. good coaches. Right. And I'm it, sad for Rivera because I like Rivera. I, I do like Juan Rivera fail. too, yeah. And I, well, I, it's going to be, that's why I say it's going to be an interesting battle between the two because I truly do like Ron Rivera as, as a guy who can be a motivator and um, getting a team to, I mean, con- constructing a team. When you look at the Carolina teams that he's had the past couple years, um, and now that Carolina team's kind of decomposing. But the main thing that I'm looking at is how will he interact with Dwayne Haskins, who I don't think looked very good last year. No, had his moments, but not overall didn't didn't look that good. No, too early to say. And is Juan Rivera known as a quarterback whisperer? Is Juan Rivera known as someone to develop? He's defensive. Under, yeah, he's a defensive. He's more line. of a defensive guy, but he got. I mean, he got it to work with Cam, who you could say that Cam's a really great talent, and he was. He maybe still is. Won an MVP. 
But I think that creating, and, and as you say, like it might not even be him creating the offense necessarily, but he's the guy who puts all the pieces together at the end of the day. He may, he may not be the guy creating the piece, but he's the one who puts it together. And he got great years out of the Carolina team, both on offense and defense. They were always a tough out. And Redskins are another team that are... I, I, more so than the Giants are a few pieces away, but in a year or two, we could be looking at the Redskins competing for the division and say, well, this all started with the Ron Rivera hire. And it's different because, I mean, I guess it's not different because, you know, Dan Snyder has had coaches who have come in with cachet, who have come in with, you know, a, a little bit of a, a report to them. But you get Ron Rivera and you come in and he's got the credentials to say, let me do... The, the famous Bill Parcells quote, you want me to make the dinner, but you won't let me get the ingredients. Let me get the ingredients. Let me, you know, construct my team, get who I want, you know, to, so I know my team can be successful. And I think if Dan Snyder is able to get out the way and let him do that, there's no reason why the Redskins can't, you know, in a couple of years, do what you just said, compete for the division. Right. Totally agreed. Um, and just let's touch on two more, the last two kind of quickly here. Matt Rule, former Temple coach, I think that's uh, the best former one. Baylor. Uh, I do think he, he is the highest paid out of all of them, and I do think it's a great hire. The only coach in college history to take two teams from three win seasons to three loss seasons, so eleven lo- three and eleven to eleven and three within three years. He did that with Temple, and then he went and did it with Baylor. Now he's in Ron Rivera's old spot. They're going to have to find a new captain of the defense and a new leader of their offense. But I think he's the guy to do it. Uh, I mean, it's not 100% that defining leader of the offense. There's no, Cam Newton is not a town yet. Not yet. Not, not yet. I expect he will be, Keyword in my opinion. Keyword yet. But but I mean, technically, you're right. He is if, still there. But if there's anyone who can say, no, just stick it out for me, Cam. Like, don't jump ship yet. Uh, I think it could be Matt Rule. And the stat that you just rattled off about him turning around Temple and Baylor means that Matt Rule is good at writing ships. He's good at taking something before it's sunk into the bottom. He's good at giving it legs one more time, showing everyone why you shouldn't quit, showing why the fans why you shouldn't quit on us, and why we're still a good football team and reminding everyone on that. What I really love giving Matt Rule credit for is when he got to Baylor, like people love to forget Baylor was dead to the right. right. Baylor was close to getting like kicked out of college football and out of the NCAA for good. Like Baylor was almost done done. And Matt Rule came right in and made everyone forget about that. A year after one of the biggest scandals in NCAA history, he has his team damn near competing for a national championship at the final week of the season. If they beat Oklahoma, they're competing for a national championship. So, like, he's more than capable of turning things around. And that the game LSU would have been rough. Yeah, that would have been rough. They would have gotten the doors <laughs> blown off of them. But he almost had them there. He almost had them there. And so... And and the Panthers are nowhere near what Baylor was. No, you have more. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore is a good piece. They have they have like very good foundational pieces. Even while losing Luke Keekley, um, I think a, a good and this will tie it into the betting angle a little bit. A good way to display his motivation factor in the season where Temple went on that run. They beat Penn State. They were ranked. They had a stretch of 12 straight games where they covered the spread. So I know that you don't bet, but essentially that is outdoing your expectation. 12 straight games. It's the longest such streak in college football history. Mm. What he did with Temple University, who is not known at all for being any sort of a, of a football school. So... I think that that's uh, that speaks well on him. It speaks to him as a motivator, and he's the guy who I think 
will will be the best at turning as you said, as we've been talking it about. It speaks to it what you just said. You get teams to play above expectation. You get teams to play above expectations have to freaking battle right there. So I agree. I think I think Matt Rule to me is the best uh, new hire so far in the NFL. And then last one before we move on, Kevin Stefanski to the Browns. Uh, uh, I mean, what, what, what do you want to make of that? I, I want to make that they're going to utilize Nick Chubb very well. Um, and I think that Kevin Stefanski, I think, has one job, and it's again kind of the same point to the Jason Garrett point that we were making. Your job is to sew this locker room back up together. You know what I mean? We can go seven and nine, but if it looks a hell of a lot better than the six and ten we just went, you did a good job. You like you need to get everyone's head back right. I need Baker back right. I need OBJ back right. I need everyone back rowing in the same direction. That, I think, is the main focus of Kevin Stefanski in the first year. Right, and, and he did get a lot out of someone who some people think is a mediocre quarterback in Baker Mayfield, or, excuse me, Kirk Cousins. I uh, got a lot out of Kirk Cousins. Hopefully, he can get the same, if you're a Browns fan, out of Baker Mayfield. But I think this also points to maybe them keeping Kareem Hunt who is a restricted free agent. Very interesting there. If they can use t- uh, two running back sets, uh, which the Niners have kind of popularized. So I'll keep you, my you eye Kareem, on them. You think Kareem Hunt stay in the Brown? Well, the problem, he's restri- He's a restricted free agent. So there's a couple things that they could do. They could put tenders on him, meaning like, okay, we will give you either this contract like for like $5 million, or you go somewhere else and they have to give us a third-round pick or we get compensated a third-round pick. So they can do that with a, it's called a third round tender, a second round tender, or I think you can do a first round tender. And they all have different levels of like guaranteed contracts if you mm-hmm. don't go elsewhere. So it really is how much they want to gamble with that. How much do they value Kareem Hunt or plan on using him? I would say that he probably is going to get more elsewhere if he does go elsewhere than like four or five million dollars. But we'll see what the market does. We'll see how how valuable they deem him going forward. Yeah. All right, well, let's we'll shift gears then from the gridiron to the hardwood. NBA All-Star Weekend is approaching in about a little less than a month. Um, so we're going to take this mid-season of the NBA. It's dry January months, the dog days of January for the NBA. So we're going to take this time to breathe a little life into the NBA season with the Straight Facts Awards. Now, this is no, this is unlike any other NBA awards that you've seen. These aren't, you know, we're not going to do the traditional who's the MVP, who's the, you know, rookie of the year. No, we're putting our spin, the straight facts spin on these awards. So the first one is the surprise of the season. What has been your biggest surprise of the season so far? Uh, I think my biggest surprise has been how non-complete the Clippers have looked at times. Mm-hmm. We went on and on about this team is so stacked. This team is... Uh, oh, y'all went on like that. Well, and and to be fair, they have the y'all best. Y'all went on like that. They have the best scoring distribution in the league. So, like, they are very well um, in, ter- in in terms of building from their starting lineup to the be- their bench. They're built well. We're but, talking about their starting, so they're second in the West right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, but th- they've struggled. Uh, yeah, you're right. Teams. You're right. But it just shows how high expectations we had. Paul Absolutely. George and Kawhi. You got Kawhi and Paul George yeah. in the same offseason. Absolutely. And and high they've been like splitting time, like staggering the games that they play. I don't I've know just if it's been, intentional. I've just been, to me, the entire thing has seemed anticlimactic. We were. A, a, what, a week and a half in the season, and I got Kawhi already talking about load management. Boy, what? You've played seven games. Right. Well, I think there's Reminder something. Reminder the Raptors record didn't get better when they got Kawhi and they won the chip. Yeah. But, well, and I think, I, I truly think something's like wrong with Kawhi. Like, 
to me, he Kawhi, like he cares. Kawhi, well, Kawhi doesn't really strike me as a guy who's really afraid or dodging anything. Um, he's been going off, off of late, by the way. He put yeah, up 36 recently against uh, Luka Doncic and the Mavericks, leading them to that win. But, he had his first career triple-double the other night. Right, and, and he's had to do that a lot of times because without Paul George, you know, it's him scoring the ball and Lou Will, and that's like... Kind of, kind of how far it goes with off the dribble scores mm-hmm. on that team. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it. Matt brought, brings up a good point to put this whole thing in the context that they, you know, they are still second, you know, in the Western Conference. Um, they are, they still do have one of the best teams in the NBA, but they're not dominating like we people thought they were going to dominate. But another good point that Matt just brought up is the Raptors last year. Their overall record in the regular season didn't get better with Kawhi. If you look at what Kawhi does to teams. Like he he's not LeBron, right? You, you don't bring in Kawhi to to completely just dominate and you know for star power and for firepower. We noted about this when when he announced he was going to the Clippers, how it was probably going to be quiet. You know, he's going to the little brother of LA, and he kind of likes it that way. Um, there was a whole Slam Magazine article with um, Lou Will, Montrez Harrell, and um, Pat Beverly, and they asked them about that, and Lou Will said it's no doubt still a Lakers town. And he's like, we're not hiding from that. We're not running for that. He's like, we like it. He was like, keep it that way. Don't make it a Clippers town. We like being the low key underdogs, and then we'll, we we're gonna shock people in the playoffs. Let and him beat. Let him. I beat, hope Lou Will is right. Let him beat the Lakers in the conference finals, and we'll see whose town it is. That that's gonna be set up for years to They're come. Both as, uh, the Lakers and Clippers are both struggling against top teams. Lakers are zero and five against the Clippers. The Clippers, Celtics, was it Clippers, Celtics, Sixers, and Bucks? The top teams. In the, in the east and west. Right. So, I mean, we'll, we'll we're about to see. Uh, it's too early in the season to really make a big deal about any of that. My award, my surprise of the season, is how quickly Luka Doncic has become mm-hmm. a superstar. Not mm-hmm. that he's a superstar, how freaking quick this thing happened. Took him two seasons. And not, not even. And season I, and a half. And I, like, superstar is, like, almost, to me, not doing it justice. Like, Luka is a phenom. Like, Luka is... In the MVP discussion, like look, like Luca is top tier of the NBA right now, and he is 21 years old. Luca, gentlemen. 21. You could make the argument he's the best 20 year old ever, ever in the NBA. Ever, you can make the argument. There's only one other person, right? And him and LeBron. Him and LeBron. And, and I could give you real. LeBron's age 21 season is the year he really popped off. Yeah, he was H-1. really good in his age 20, but age 21 is when he really popped off. Right. So. I think Luca does, and here's what I'll warn: is that Luca does have some Harden in him. Yeah. He does have a little bit of James Harden in him, where he, towards you know the end of games, will just stand there, pound the ball into the ground while his teammates stand around. I'm not going to accept James Harden being a derogatory name to say. I am. I <laughs> no, am. Come on, you I'm can talking deny about him. basketball it's an insult. here. It's an now, insult, Matt. Matt. Not stats. Yeah, I know you're stat Matt, so. I get to Harden, the stats. The Rockets a have been a Put perennial contender for like the past five years. Put, and what's happened in the playoffs? They play the Warriors. Okay, what happened <laughs> Matt, when he got we blocked were by Ginobili? We were supposed Spurs. to beat the Warriors. We were supposed to beat them. Yeah, if, James, if James Harden doesn't play the way James Harden plays, we still beat the Warriors without Chris Paul. Trevor Reese went 0 for 11 game 7. That's where he pointed. Yeah, that was tough. But the whole team as a whole went over to The game plan is also a huge reason why. But if you're James Harden, you're the MVP of the league. I think you could get one or one of two against Golden State. Also, Chris Paul. Uh, to me, like I kid, the image 
of Manu Ginobili blocking Harden from behind that to end that series that is rough. burned into my mind as like the all-time choke performances in the playoffs. Harden no, you remember, you remember he was the game concussed. before when Kawhi pinned him against the backboard? I mean, <laughs> dude, that and that was when I was a real big Harden like Stan. Um, so that hurt me, yeah. and and I've I've never really been able to give him his just due because come playoff time he kind of flops, but. Uh, let's move on now to. We, I don't think we gave Luca his just due in that segment. Like we did, we talked what about. Else, what else needs to be said about Luca? I, a little bit more. We the Mavericks more about are like James legitimate Harden. contenders. That like they can make the said. Western yes. Conference Finals. That's what needs to be said. If about they get Luka. to the three seed, and right now they're three games back. Actually, it might be better if they just fall to six and then they play Denver. Then they can avoid like the Lakers in round two. I, but losing Dwight Powell, and I know that you might roll your eyes at that, will be big for them because he is one of Luca's main pick and roll partners. Uh, yeah, you were, and there it goes. You rolled his eye. I was on cue. I looked away. I looked back, rolling your eyes at it. I tried to hide it. Him and Porzingis don't work together very well, so it's a little concerning. Now you're down to Maxi Kleber as like his number one. You're doing it again. I saw it. Shout out to Mark Cuban for being a smart owner and not firing a great coach in Rick Carlisle because they were like struggling because of the bad no, And I think Mark Cuban's one of those guys where like he let Dirk go out on his own time. I think he's gonna let Rick Carlisle unless they like win like. You know, ten games for like five seasons in a row. He'll probably let, like Rick like because you know he fired Avery Johnson like recently after they like made a finals. Like he knows when to fire a coach and like mm-hmm. he didn't. Let me, react let me ask you like, guys: Do you think if I came up with like a super super stellar lucrative business idea and I went on Shark Tank and I pitched the idea directly to Cuban, I'll be like, you can have this entire company for free. You have to make me the assistant general manager of the Mavericks. Do he would. Think literally, he'd laugh you off the show. You think so? Yeah. Well, it's, I want to take 30. My 30. If I ever went on Shark Tank, listen to me. If I ever went on Shark Tank and I said I want, you know, a $35,000 investment for 10% of the company. And Mark Cuban, I watched it on one episode the other day. And Mark Cuban goes, I don't want to be a part of it. I want to buy you outright. I will give you $4 million for this company. Oh, I'm done. Take. What? You can have the whole thing. Yeah. You right now. We're inside a paper. Like people are like, no, I want, I want to get the whole reason you work is for that, right? Is to make money so you can retire. Boy, if you gonna give me four million right off the bat. Right. I don't know. I mean, I guess. Are the, you really attached to your frozen food thing that you made a nice recipe? The grocery yeah. store that hits pop it off. <laughs> like, boy, people got way Grandma too much. Grandma tea soup. Like, no. come on. People got way too much pride. I watched someone go, Mark, I can't just give you my company. <laughs> Why not? Why not? It was $4 million. She like, give me this company. Like, <laughs> anyway. That's when you do see. That is when you counter. Like, okay, I want to roll in the Mavericks organization. I love basketball. I want to be in the organization. You could give me two million. Then he says bye bye because he can't because the next person that can walk through the door can have a better idea than you. He just hasn't seen him yet. Yeah, but what if I'm a good basketball mind? You gotta go to like you're a not. video room like Spolster and work your way up. Oh, yeah, you, yeah you, I give you a, a video tech coordinator job. <laughs> He's like, yeah, sure. We'll hire you as the garbage man. Exactly. <laughs> we'll All right, let's move on to the next straight facts award we got. The bust alert uh, 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 award, I guess. I don't really know how much of an award it is. It's an award. I wouldn't. You want should it. feel I honored that we that we single-handedly picked you out among the rest. Yeah, I think number one, first and foremost, is a guy who I liked. This hurts me. Uh, this hurts me a lot. Well, no, no, no. Oh, well, I mean, both of them should hurt you because we never want to see high draft picks fail. But I'm going to go with Jared Culver's my guy who is the bust of the year so far. 39% field goal percentage, 50% free throw percentage. <laughs> 
is disgusting. And listen, and you let Robin Robin Lopez chase him down the court and doink him. Oh yeah, yeah. When he dunked, well, he dunked on he him, dunked which is like the good thing. And then when he, he got doinked by and then Robin, he run, Lopez. runs away like a coward as <laughs> Robin Lopez trudges after him. But like you had the chance to be like the efficient wing for that team. They have Robert Covington, who's not the most efficient scorer, and they have Andrew Wiggins, who's the least efficient anything on <laughs> earth. Like not even just basketball players. Right. So. For him to come in and shoot nine, uh, 39% after being Texas Tech's, like, dominant go-to wing scorer is super disappointing if I'm a Wolves fan. Yeah. I mean, it's... Don't overrate college basketball players because of a tournament run. Yeah. And we're tapping, I mean, Dante DiVincenzo went 10th because of his tournament run. And I, he's doing better than I think Jared Culver is right now. But still, I, 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 agree, with, I agree with that. Um and I watched Eric Culver get dominated by DeAndre Hunter in the national tournament and in the national chip anyway. So I was surprised that his draft stock didn't fall after that game because he kind of got exposed a little bit. Um, but I, I agree. He's got real high bust potential right now um, if, if, if they don't sew it up. I'm not sure how much of it is his, his fault in per se. I mean, the, the Wolves are a team that, you know, there's, there's a lot – a lot of uncertainty with the, with the T-Wolves right now. They started off the season really hot. I mean, like, scorching hot. They were, like, 10-2 and two at one point. Then they came, came back down to earth. Cat and Wiggins were both putting up monster numbers to start. They haven't done really. Ever since Ben Simmons put Cat in a, in a headlock, he hasn't done anything. And then ever since Andrew Wiggins cut his dreads, he, or cut his braids, he hasn't done anything. Right. So, they, you know, they're, they're coming back, that, back down to earth a little bit. Yeah, who, and who was the guy who you said hurts you? Cam Reddish. Local guy, yeah, that that hurts. Yeah, he's that, been bad. That hurts me a lot. He is. He has. He was bad at Duke. He, he was did. not bad at Duke. He was not bad at Duke. He was a quiet 21, 22 a game scorer. Shot over forty five percent from three. Shot over eighty percent from the free throw line. You are wrong about it. Am I wrong? I'm, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. He definitely shot over forty five from three. Uh, let me. I'm. I think I'm looking at the right thing because. I think it says he shot 29% from three. Matt, You're talking about R.J. Barrett or Cam Reddish? I'm talking about Cam Reddish. Yeah, yeah, 29% from three. Cam Reddish did not shoot 30% from three. He just didn't. You're right. He shot 29, actually. He just didn't. He just didn't. Oh, I know these are rookie <laughs> stats. Yeah, Thank scratch you. that. Thank from, you. He yeah, just didn't. I just know he just did not from three. He might be doing that now. He might be shooting 30% from three now in the league. I believe that. Um, but that furthers my point of, of the bus potential. I mean, he was supposed to be... You know, that that nice 3 and D guy, a nice wing, kick-out player for Trey Young to kick out to, and he just looks underwhelming with the Hawks. Okay, 33.3% from three in college, Cam Reddish. <laughs> I still don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't believe that. You that must be, be nice. Yeah, what? Just hey, not James, believe it? the Eagles won the 2017 Super Bowl. Nah, I don't believe 35.6 overall field goal percentage. Is that... That I believe. Yeah, I, that, that's pretty rough from Cam Reddish. Another guy, his former teammate... R.J. Barrett, I'm not going to call him a bust because he doesn't have a lot to work with around him. It's New I don't York. think he's bust he's potential. In, he's in a more a starring role. But when you look, dude, 39% from the field, 60% from the free throw line. He was we, never good at shooting free throws. We, ju- we just got on Jarrett Culver about it. And to me, he's a somewhat similar player to R.J. Barrett in terms of his role. Uh, and R.J. No, Barrett, no. Barrett's playing 31 minutes RJ per game. R.J. yeah, he's much different role than what Jared Culver has. I'm just talking Wolves. about what type of play. Like, he's a scoring guard that can play the three sometimes in a smaller lineup, like from that aspect. But R.J. Barrett's a point guard. R.J. Barrett, I think, is a much different well, player. Well, he doesn't than play Jared... point guard for, for New York, I don't think. 100%. He's who listed else? as a shooting guard. Who, who plays point guard? They have Alfred Payton and Frank Ntilikina. 
Say his name again? No. I did wrong the first time. I don't know if it's Tealakina or Ntealakina. I thought it was Frankie a, Smokes. I there you go. I thought it was Bust. I thought it was Niakita. I thought it was Nicolina. <laughs> Alright. So um I I'll just end on this. Niakita. This is the last time I could say this because his he's debuting tonight. Zion Williamson Jake, has been a bust. Go, go, cut until the cameras. This point. Cut it off. Cut it off. He's been a bust. He went was a, I right? You got when you guys are listening to this, it's going to be he's either going to have popped off or look like shit. So was I right? Let me know on Twitter if I was right. I think I'm probably probably going to be uh, right on this one. After watching Embiid for two years, like struggle with injuries and like defending him as Sixers fan, you're just going to write off Zion this quick. That's correct. That's exactly <laughs> what I plan on doing. Wasn't Zion Williamson your standout for the summer league? Oh, so. okay. Let's move on now. So? <laughs> it didn't happen. <laughs> Take Let's the James route. The next one is, again, an award that you probably don't want, or maybe you do want, depending on the team you're on. The I'm Definitely Getting Traded Award. The, mm. I'm, the I, I'm a head out. I'm going to rename it. The I, I'm a head out award. <laughs> I'm a head out. <laughs> the I, I'm a head out award. First one is Kevin Love. Obviously. Obviously. My man is throwing temper tantrums on the court and posting pictures of the Joker. Like, how more tilted can you be? Do you blame him? Do you uh, see? No, 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 no. Uh, I don't blame Kevin Love. But Kevin Love, Kevin Love is the product of a team that was the best that that city has ever seen. The best team the city of Cleveland has ever seen. And in two years, he watched that team completely deteriorate around him. He signed a max yeah, contract, contract knowing that LeBron was probably going to leave. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think Kevin Love is smart. I don't think he signs that contract. Took the money is knowing, smart. <laughs> but, not, but knowing that LeBron is going to leave, I think he had somewhat of hope that LeBron was going to stay. I think he had to, to sign a five-year I don't know. Granted, I, to me, granted, it's max, so I'm going to get the money knowing that when LeBron leaves, this whole thing gets blown up. I'll probably get traded anyway, and I'll still have that contract. Right. I, I, but In my opinion, he's not upset because the team is bad. He had phenomenal stats. Granted, he forced his way out of Minnesota, but he had phenomenal stats on Minnesota, um, and they were terrible. I think the problem is that he doesn't like Beeline as the coach. Not and I mean, apparently he's, like, teaching these guys, like, fundamentals. Like, this is how you you cut. This is how you post up. You should see, I mean, not you should, you can see him and Tristan Thompson legitimately move Colin Sexton in, like, like inbound sets. Like, this is stuff you've practiced over and over again. Stuff you shouldn't have to as an NBA player. If I call a four out, you should just know as the point guard, here's where I go. And, like, in game, he's just standing in no man's land, and Kevin Love, like, it's like a little kid who's out on the playground too long. He picks him up by his collar and drags him into the right spot. I don't blame Kevin Love at all. Yeah, and, and this next one, I don't even know if, like, he will get traded just because I don't know who would trade anything for this player, but Deion Waiters and his escapades on the Heat have been a joke. It's been him trying to force his way out. It's been him tweaking on THC gummies on a plane. Him him breaking team conduct or whatever he can do to get into trouble, he seems to be doing. But he's getting paid a lot of money. And I can't see anyone trading for him, but I think that he definitely wants to get traded. You got to have, like, for trade value, you got to be, like, I have to be able to see what you've done on the court lately. The hell has Deion Waiters done on the court lately? Nothing. They, they, like, well, I haven't seen him. He hasn't played this season. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, well, are you going to trade for someone who, who hasn't played? Like, no, I'm, I completely agree. Like, uh, I guess Deion Waiters in a perfect world, someone will pick him up from the talent, but. Shot 37.7% from three last year on a lot of attempts, so. Right. Why do someone we put him in this needs... category? This is the I'm definitely getting traded award. No, the, no one's picking up Deion Waiters. 
All right, so we will redact Dion Waiters from this. Congratulations to Dion. Thank you. You are back in the No One Cares About You award. <laughs> oh, it's fucking cold, dude. <laughs> Jesus. All right, and the last guy in, in, in this list also hasn't played. But I actually want to. I want to. I want to freestyle one. I want to okay. put one on the list. Derek Rose. I think Derek. I think someone is going to go and get Derek Rose from the Pistons. I think the Pistons are going to shop Derek Rose. The, I could see, yeah, the Pistons probably want to blow it up, I'd mm-hmm. imagine. Andre Drummond has been Andre, involved Andre in Andre Drummond talks. has been involved in talks. Like, I think I think they're on the way to blow it up, just do a huge young movement and just try to revamp it completely. And Derrick Rose has shown that he's going to bring a lot of value to some teams. I could see him, Lakers or Clippers, any of the, I know those are two teams that were involved. And Sixers, all all three of them. I could I could legitimately right. see him Making a move a for him, they, they, they need off the dribble Who was scoring. your one that you were going to say? Andre Iguodala. Who we've like forgotten about? On the he's, Grizzlies now, right? He is on the Grizzlies. Uh, I don't think he's played this year. Let me double check that. He not. He's he not, not played this year. Uh, so, I, I, to me, like that's a guy who is begging to go to a contender. He's only got a few years left in his career, and he's probably going to find his way to either the Lakers, the Clippers. A team like that, I mean, I know we keep bringing up those names, but those are the teams that really are looking to add pieces. Um, and he'll, he'll, he'll slide could, right in there as Jazz like a Marcus Gasol type move. Jazz could use him too, year. and I don't think you don't you don't have to give up a whole lot of a whole lot of pieces for him. I'm, I'm thinking of teams that are like one piece away from making a good run, and you know the Jazz fall into that. But this last, not this last award, but this next award, it might be might be my favorite. Um, it's the most hated award. Mm. So the people who just catch hate. In the NBA, and I'm gonna start it off because I be hating on this player too. Like you gotta look past stats with this player, and y'all know who I'm talking about. We just had a whole rant on him. The infamous James Harden. Like you talked about Jake, how you used to be a huge James Harden stand. Mm-hmm. I used to be a big James Harden fan too. And then I watched from a very closely how detrimental James Harden's style of play can be. Did Chris Paul ever make a conference finals without James Harden? No. I rest my case. That <laughs> didn't make any sense. That didn't make any sense. That didn't make any sense. He made a conference final. He, he lifted win. Chris Paul, a first ballot Hall of Fame point guard, to the highest point of his career. He didn't lift Chris Paul. They both together lifted each other there. Oh, did Harden make a conference finals <laughs> without Chris Paul? Yes. With, with Kevin Durant. Like, what? No, no I'm talking for Houston. They lost in five to Golden State when they came back against the Clippers 3-1. Yeah, against Chris Paul. Against Chris Paul. Oh, yeah, man. That did hurt a little bit. I think bit. Harden gets a lot of hate just because of the way that he kind of games the system. It's almost Floyd Mayweather-ish, the way that he picks up uh, points at the foul line. He's flopping. He's doing borderline travels. That brings you a lot of hate. Like, And on top of that, he's one of the best players in the league. So, obviously, you're going to be polarized. You're going to be someone who's always talked about. Um, and people will take sides. And, and I think Harden doesn't do himself a lot of favors. Uh, he plays... Kind of sloppy. He kind of plays in, in a to me, gunner mentality where he's just putting up shots. To me, there's no adaptability to his game. It's I'm going to go out and play the exact same way every single night. If it works tonight, cool. If it doesn't work this night, uh, that sucks. But I'm going to go out and do it the same way. And when it's that, when you do it the same way and the results are that inconsistent, I just think you have to change some things up in the way you play in the style and, you know, really adapt to, you know, the game around you. He's not doing that. He has the, the same exact style every time he goes out on the court, and it's very hit or miss. When it's on, it is on. And he's one of the most lethal he's scorers. He's on way more often than he's off. 
Yeah, but when he's off, it's very, very bad. He's got like, this last five or six game stretch where he's just it's abysmal. Rough, yeah. It's abysmal. So, like, and that causes, to me, that's a cause for change, a cause for at least a reexamination. And he just doesn't do that. Right. Agreed. And on the other side of things, the other player I want to nominate for this award would be Ben Simmons. I think, and you just, I know that you disagree I with me. Here. Who hates Ben Simmons? Half of the Sixers fandom. I've got a thing to say. That's I'll number wait. one. Number two, if you look under any big post, like Wanting I saw, Ben Simmons to improve and hating Ben Simmons. No, no, are but two like, different so like the Sixers fans who give Ben Simmons quote unquote hate, right? They probably want him to improve. But I'm talking about the people who under Simmons, Simmons had the best game of his career, 34, 10, 11, or 10 or 12 or whatever against uh, 12 12. against the Nets, and every comment was. Didn't hit a three, though. Ha ha, Ben still can't shoot That's threes. Ben trolling. can't shoot. That's just trolling. Right. But regardless, he gets that more than any other player, maybe other than Harden, uh, where people are just attacking him online for no reason. He's a phenomenal player. Obviously, he could be a better fit on the team, and we've talked ad nauseum about that. But I think that when you look at Ben Simmons as a player, there's no reason for him to be have as many detractors, especially because it's not like James Harden where he's always talked about and you have to pick a side. Correct me if I'm wrong. You are of one of the people who thinks Ben Simmons needs to drastically improve, correct? We've talked about it on this show. I believe not drastic. Look, I mean, I guess drastically in the sense that he is one area he's very deficient in, but that's the thing. It's one area. Like it's something that should be easy to address and uh, wouldn't be an you're issue. Playing the fence. You're, I wouldn't think you're be playing an issue the fence. I if think the team the was constructed properly, where him and Joel are essentially the four and the five, and you have three shooters. And I'm talking about JJ Redick level shooters. You need a ball handler, so you need a ball handler in there, right? I mean, maybe that. And Josh Richardson is proving he could maybe be that, but. Let's not go down. There's a journalistic Logan. conspiracy afoot to break up the Sixers. Oh, the, the Boston Mafia. It's, Media Mafia. It's, they're bored, you make my they're bored you make my of, the, of the Sixers and Bede Simmons. They don't like that yep. story. And it's more it clicks for them oh. if they can cause a wedge and separate them. And then when they trade Simmons and he lifts a team to great heights, it's like, oh, the Sixers are stupid for trading Ben Simmons. It's it's they want they're bored of the story and want to separate him just because of that. So they're creating drama from nothing. Look at the articles and all the stuff that's been coming out of Bill Simmons's ringer, the ringer. Go ahead and look. It's all oh, they, it, uh, Philly should break up their stars. Yeah, I'm sure you would love that. Media mafia, Boston boy. And then ESPN as well up there in Connecticut. But <laughs> Media Mafia Boston boy. I, I work I work in part for ESPN, so I won't really go off on them, but I, I think too, I agree with Matt. Too. Matt, you're woke as hell, bro. <laughs> I see that shit. Uh, y'all too need help. Uh, next award, the Late Bloomers Award. Who will sneak into the playoffs slash drastically improve in the second half of the season? You go first. Um, I think the Grizzlies are, are, are the most interesting team right now to me. John Morant is proving that he could be the next Luka Doncic type player. I'm not going to say he's going to get to that height in his second season, but just baseline, he's amazing. The stuff that this kid can do, I didn't. I expected him to be good. Oh, yeah, maybe he has his up and down nights. He's going toe to toe with stars. Mm. We saw him face up against James Harden and knock down some big shots in his face, guard him. He blocked Kyrie earlier in the year to save the game. And they're 8-2 in their last 10 games. And you look at him, they have Brandon Clark, who's been extremely efficient. They have Jaron Jackson Jr., who can be very good and has a lot of promise. And then if they trade a Godala for maybe a piece like 
I, I don't think they can probably pry Kuzma away from the Lakers. That's a little far-fetched. But I do think they can get a young, nice piece for Iguodala. And now you have a super strong core heading into next year and possibly to even push for the eight seed. Who knows? They're an eight they're seed, right seed right now. Yeah, they're an eight well, seed. John Morant's right. really right. good. I'd rather have him than Donovan Mitchell. Like, he's really good. Yeah, I don't like idea. Donovan I, Mitchell's... Right. I've he's been out on Donovan Mitchell. Mitchell. Like, I think John Morant's going to make, like, five all-stars. Yeah, I think Don, John Morant's got... Well, a, uh, the potential to at one point be the best player in the NBA. Yeah. 100%. Totally agree. Uh, mine, I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns, a team that is still kind of very quiet and, and under the radar right now, but is making a push towards that towards that eight seed. I believe they're only a, a game or two or a couple games back with, um, you know, for that eight seed, a couple games back of the Grizzlies for that eight seed. Devin Booker is, is an all-star this year. Hopefully, hopefully he gets that nod. Your boy DeAndre Ayton in the last three or four games has been nothing short of dominant, and they're just heading, to me, they're heading in the right direction. I hope the all-star break doesn't kind of stunt their momentum and they're able to, you know, recoup, get a little bit healthier and make a really, really good push uh, in the second half of the season. I'm not saying that... You know, I think they're going to definitely make the playoffs. I think they're going to be a team that, you know, has a drastic improvement in the second half of the season. They're above where I thought they were going to be this year. I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league, and they're not. They're above what I thought. They're really improving, and I think a late bloomer is a good way to put the Phoenix Suns. All right, guys, so you might have noticed that Jewel wasn't with us at the top of the episode. Don't worry. She didn't go anywhere. She is still right here with us. We're actually going to debut a new segment on Straight Facts right now called Jewel's Weekly Wrap-Up, where she picks a topic or topics that she has seen this past week in sports and gives her own little Jewel spin on it. So here she is, Jewel's Weekly Wrap-Up. What's going on, everybody? Jewel like a gem, like a diamond out here today, touching on some horrific events that went down this week with ex-pro baller Delonte West. What really went down? Not one, but two videos emerged into the public eye this week of former pro baller Delonte West. I believe Twitter was actually the first outlet on social media these videos ended up surfacing. One of him being kicked violently in the middle of a major roadway in Washington, D.C., where Delonte grew up, and another one shortly after of West shirtless attempting to explain what had happened to a police officer. In addition to these current events, I think it's also very important to note he had previously been vocal about his bipolar diagnosis back in 2012 when he was interviewed by the Dallas Morning News, touching on his arrest in September of 2009. Various former teammates, colleagues, and coaches voiced their concerns on social media over the course of the last few days on the frightful matter as well. Des Bryant, the NFL wide receiver and current free agent, commented on Twitter saying, I see a lot of dumb comments where folks making fun of Delonte West. This is not a joking matter. I'm going to figure out how I can help him. He need to be in rehab or something. Rick Carlisle, current head coach of the Mavericks, expressed his concern before the game against the Clippers on Tuesday for his former player, stating that this all is a very sad situation. I think we all feel bad that he's in the situation that he's in, and the hope is that he will get help. You never like to see any human being going through something like that. Jameer Nelson, being his former teammate and to this day friend, made a statement on Twitter saying, I'm sick to my stomach right now seeing the videos of Delante. To answer everybody that's reaching out to me about this situation, all we can do is pray for him and his family and hope that he seeks the proper help. Mental illness is something that a lot of people deal with and don't even know it until some, sometimes it's too late. I'm not sure what exactly is going on with D-West, but he knows I'm in his corner and will help him get through this. 
yes, I've spoken to him over the past several months, just trying to be there for him as a friend. One thing I do know is if you're having any mental, emotional, or physical setbacks in life, you need to talk to somebody. I mean like a doctor or doctors. Not your parents, homeboy, wife, cousins, etc. Somebody that has credentials in helping people for what you're going through. And please be mindful. When you're posting videos or pictures of somebody, you may think you're helping, but you might be hurting them even more. People have kids, and their kids don't deserve to be embarrassed. Please pray. Beautifully written. And last but not least, former coach of the Hawks and duo, Phil Martelli, quote tweeted Nelson piggybacking off his earlier statement. Over the past several hours, I've talked with many who are willing to help. Please read and embrace Jameer's wisdom. We are reaching out to our basketball network to get the professional help Delante needs. This is so very painful. Wrapping all these quotes up, I'm intentionally ending with this one in particular. These guys have 10 years on me graduating from St. Joe's, but that doesn't mean we're not a community and it's not affecting all of us here. This has struck Hawks fans and alum across the nation. I'm sure, especially with those classmates who attended school with him during his time at SJU even more. In 2019, St. Joe's announced they'd be letting go of Phil Martelli, concluding his 24-year tenure as head coach, who is now coaching as an assistant at the University of Michigan. I'll be brutally honest here, I wasn't a huge fan of Phil Martelli for a multitude of reasons while attending St. Joe's myself, but I will say, after seeing the communal concern he's shown over the past days, he's without a doubt gained a hell of a lot more respect and brownie points from me. I had a double take when I first watched this, and I'd be absolutely lying if I said it didn't anger me to a degree watching these horrific videos that surfaced. I had to wait until Aaron Goodwin, Delante's former agent, ended up confirming shortly after the video came to fruition that it was, in fact, of him. I was in disbelief watching former SJU basketball players express their sadness over the subject on Twitter. Look, we live in a messed up world nowadays that you're allowed to film something like that while on the job. To be honest, even those reality cop shows make me cringe, where quite obviously you are getting consent to produce, but this wasn't even remotely the case in this situation. In fact, it wasn't. The officer was suspended for the time being. I think we need to remember here that this isn't just headlining news for sports. This should be headlining news for all of humanity. I feel at times, as a viewer or a fan, and that is including myself from time to time, we almost treat who we're watching out on the court field, whatever may have you, as objects. This person has friends. This person has a family. This person has a life outside of entertaining you on television. And this person may, and very well probably, has real life issues, like the rest of us. It sucks it takes times like these for people to band together and realize the extremities of these real world problems some of us face on the daily. It sucks that something so graphic and personal was shown and very much deliberately promoted for someone's own stardom and popularity on social media. And it sucks that I have to sit here and address this right now. This stuff isn't easy to talk about, not even in the slightest. To conclude, I hope to God everyone who possibly can contribute to assisting this man getting back on his feet does so. I apologize I couldn't be conveying better news this week, but it has been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. I'll be talking to you next week. Until then. All right, yeah. I mean, Jewel, I think she nailed it right on the head um, that the videos that were surfaced of Delonte West just... I. Disheartening doesn't even really do it justice. It's jar, like it's jarring to me that it that is. can be reality for someone who just a couple of years ago 
had it all. And it just goes to show, as she said, like mental health is so important. Maintaining uh, and upkeeping that is essential for having a healthy lifestyle. And I, so, and I love the part where she said, posting it, you might think you're helping, you might think you're drawing what you think is positive attention towards it, but you could actually be hurting that person. So you have to remember that, you know, someone else's reality isn't our amusement. So just because you see a video of Delonte West doesn't mean you have the right to just repost it and say whatever you want about it. Agreed. That's a human on the other side of that camera. But mm -hmm. we will move on to countdown, Jake, number five. The number of players in NBA history with multiple 60-point games before Monday will have 32 of them. Like, like, come on. Like, come on. Kobe at six, Jordan four, Harden four. Elgin Baylor, three, and Damian Lillard join the list on Monday with his spectacular performance. The bad thing, however, is that they just barely squeaked by the Warriors, who are not very good. It took 61 points for Dame Lillard to do it. Yeah, I mean, the, the Blazers have been disappointing, I don't even think is the word. Like, they've been shockingly bad. They're like 18 and 36 right now. Like, they're, they're just really bad. But I'm also surprised that these are the only people with multiple 60-point games in NBA history. Like I, I, I mean, it's I a hard like, thing to do, man. Sixty, I guess, like, yeah, I guess. Sorry. Like at a certain point, why? Also, I think it's tough. Is like if you're scoring fifty something points, a lot of the times these are players on good teams. Their team's already up. They take you out. Take like you I'm out. sure you Steph, don't get the, you don't get the sixty. Steph could have done it a couple of times. Like surprise, AI doesn't have multiple. Right, LeBron yeah. doesn't have multiple. AI is one. LeBron is one. It, well, yeah, I know they. I know they. I watched AI sixty. I'm just surprised he doesn't have a little bit more. But move on. All right, number four. The number of QBs to lose three consecutive conference championship games. You got Ken Stabler from seventy three to seventy five. Bernie Kosar eighty six, eighty seven, and eighty nine. Donovan McNabb from oh one to oh three. And I, I wonder who put this stat in because now the last person is Aaron Rodgers, 2014, 2016, and twenty nineteen. What did Aaron Rodgers do to you, Matt? Like what did he do? This, this is just what a factual statement. Ken Stabler's in the Hall of Fame. No, I like Donovan McNabb. It's just a factual statement. <laughs> he He's never played a good NFC title game in his career. <laughs> also a factual statement. Let's go. Oh, my God. Number three. <sighs> Number of teams to make the Super Bowl after winning four or fewer games the previous season. The 88 Bengals, 99 Rams, and 1949ers. Mm -hmm. uh, the Niners at the beginning of the year, James. Number two pick. Yeah. We uh, we wrote them off. I, I can I can sit here and say that we did not think they were going to have that this good of a season. Credit to Kyle Shanahan. Did I have them that bad? How bad did I have them? I think them? we both had them like sub seven wins. I think I had them at eight. Yeah, well, I, I don't think any of us really valued them that high. Four, no. maybe even. Yeah, something crazy. But. I was still. I I didn't become a Jimmy Garoppolo believer until that Green Bay game. Really, like I really the the to me the book was out on him, but he proved me wrong. Them Niners proved me wrong. They're having a great season. Seeing the Super Bowl. All right, number two. The number of NBA play number of players. Sorry, in NBA history to have a triple double against every franchise in the NBA. One was Russell Westbrook. He just became the second player. Can we guess who the first player is? I think I know this. Matt, I'm assuming if you wrote this in there, you know I, it. I, I, I wrote there. it. I wrote it. All right, Matt, I'll let you guess if you don't know. Well, it can't be Oscar because there's not enough teams. Damn um, it. It's a smart one. Damn it. Yeah, he's too smart. 
LeBron's got a lot. I'm going to go with LeBron. No, yeah, LeBron, because he's switched teams, too. Yep. Yes, it is. There it is. Yes, it is. Uh, LeBron <laughs> plug for the episode. We got it in there. All right, bringing it down to number one. All right, the number of NBA players this season to have 40.10 assists, a 40.10 assists game. That would be Trey Young. Wow. The only, only player. One. Only player. Yeah. You want to talk about who should be an all-star this year? Like, the Hawks are terrible, and it is not Trey Young's fault. Like, he's been phenomenal. That's a crazy stat. He's the only one. Yeah, he's been an offensive machine. I mean, think about it. LeBron is not putting up scoring numbers like that anymore. Uh, KD's not in the league right now. Steph's not in the league right now. Uh, If he gets better on defense, he'll be unbelievable. He'll be be unbelievable. Yeah. So, um, but that's almost all the time we have in the episode. We get some shots about the buzzer. Matt, do you have anything to say at the buzzer? During the NFC title game, I noticed an absence of a name of a quarterback that really mattered to the San Francisco 49ers. And that name is Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> yeah. They didn't mention his name once during the broadcast, even though he's the last quarterback to take the Niners to the Super Bowl. Raheem Mostert broke Colin Kaepernick's rushing yards record in a playoff game that held by four Niners. No mention of it. And then the NFL's Game Recaps Facebook page the next day said, first time the Niners made the Super Bowl since 1994. Isn't that wild? We saw it happen. We, we are... saw Colin Kaepernick run all over the Packers. We saw him come back against the Falcons. We saw him come a fade route away from winning a Super Bowl. You can't just if you you can't just erase him. He it happened. We so, all watched so it. So I think now I think it is to the public's eye that we wa- we are watching the NFL try to systematically erase Colin Kaepernick from history. That's books. like we just watched insane. it happen. It was insane. And I'm mad it went over my head. I'm mad that I didn't realize this until I went on Twitter and someone pointed out, I was like, holy shit, it worked. Like, they tried to erase it from my brain and it freaking worked. My, my uncle's going to be thrilled. He thinks that the NFL pipes in an agenda to the they, broadcasters. Um, and this might kind of prove that correct. I'm here it's to an say, unspoken agreement. I don't yeah, think it's that direct. I'm, I'm here to say, to the best of my ability, to the best of our ability... That's that's where we want to end up. If we ever get to that moment, you will not be able to put an agenda on me. Like, not that heinous. Not that heinous. You can't just act like someone did. Colin Kaepernick didn't break any laws. He didn't do anything. You know what I mean? Joe Buck's got a lot of money and a lot of clout. If they fired him for saying Colin Kaepernick's name, that would be a big deal. That would be yeah. a hit on Fox more than anything. More than anything. Right. So, Jake, give me anything to say the buzzer? Yeah. Uh, I posted this on Twitter. Like, I saw some people getting, like, upset that Kurt Schilling didn't make the Hall of Fame. I have no problem with people withholding their vote for Kurt Schilling because of what type of person he is after the fact. He tweeted out like a picture. This is a while ago, 2016. He like quote tweeted a picture of a guy's shirt that said rope tree journalist, some assembly acquired. And he's like so much awesome here. Okay. As a journalist, how about this, Kurt? You can come down to Delaware, Philly and try and find me and you can come with your rope. We're going to see what the fuck happens. Okay. I'll fucking bury you. Who the fuck does he think he is that he can go out and say that type of shit? Wasn't he a journalist when he said it? Yeah. What's really funny is about the fifth worst thing about Kurt Schilling is the fact that he defrauded the entire state of Rhode Island because he made a shitty video game and wouldn't pay him back for the loan. He's a piece of shit. I hope that he never gets in the Hall of Fame. Awful person. And it's... 
it's the one time where I completely agree with your statement that a journalist can withhold, you know, their vote for a personal reason. And that's, it's more than a personal reason. It's not like, it's I, not like a petty T.O. is yeah, being exactly. Yeah, so I don't like, like a, I don't like the way he acts. No, like he's an unethical person. I'm not going to let him be enshrined forever to represent baseball if he's an unethical person. I completely agree. So whatever. Yeah. All right. So my at the buzzer has actually nothing to do with sports. So I'm going to completely change direction. You know what these are? Can y'all see these? Starburst. Starburst. Not just Starburst, Jake. Oh, <laughs> not just Starburst. These are Starburst duos. I am here to say I have found the best candy on the planet. Like, I've, I found these about maybe three, four months ago, and I have not eaten another another piece of candy since I have found so these. So just, just, just so you're clear, it's the duos that you found, not Starburst. The duos, yes. Everyone knows about Starburst. But no one knows about the duos. Correct. I didn't know about them. You don't know what the duos do. And let me, I'm going to, we're going to all right now, I need you to, <laughs> to taste test the duo. So there's only, and they keep it simple for you. There's only two flavors. It is strawberry watermelon and blue raspberry lemonade. I'm going to tell you the blue raspberry lemonade hits harder than a Barry Bonds home run. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to tell you the blue raspberry lemonade does something absolutely great. If you want a blue raspberry lemonade, no, I'm night, good. You, got, you go with the strawberry watermelon. Yeah. Matt doesn't mm-hmm. want to believe the hype. I'm telling you, you're not going to go back. Mm-hmm. Should I do an ASMR? Uh... Right here. Mm-hmm. It tastes like Skittle, but in like Skittles, in like a, like if you pop a handful of Skittles, mm-hmm. but in like a Starburst. They're pretty good. So, you two, <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you. Our listeners, you're welcome. People viewing, you're welcome. Starburst duos and oh by the way Starburst we'll send you an invoice for this plug sponsored by Starburst yeah, there we go we'll send you an invoice for the plug but as we're all chewing <laughs> that is all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts big ups to Greg Barron and Kyle Sobieski for doing what they do behind the scenes or stat map for stepping up from our partner Jules Smith from my main man Jake Galley I am James Jackson these have been the facts straight up <laughs> <laughs>